UX Podcast Episode 180. You're listening to UX Podcast, coming to you from Stockholm, Sweden. We are your hosts, James Royal Lawson and Pat Axbom. We have listeners in 173 countries, from Cameroon to Cambodia. And today we are talking to Lina Hansson, a conversion specialist at Google in Sweden. She's working as part of the specialist team at Google, analyzing business data and establishing directions to further drive growth for some of the largest companies in the Nordic region. Recently, Google has um, reviewed um, around 500 websites in retail, finance, and travel verticals um, all across Europe, Middle East, Africa, via mobile, to find out who are the masters and who still have a lot to improve. Now, before we dive into our conversation with Lena, um, I'm going to point out that I make a mistake about Cambodia here. I'm talking. I talk about Cambodia being in Africa. Now, I know Cambodia is in Asia. But for some reason, I'd mentally um, attached Lena's holiday destination to Africa when we'd been talking about it before the interview. And I was so focused on the interview, I didn't register her saying Cambodia. We, we wanted to do, um, talk to you in January, I think it was. Hmm. But we couldn't pull it off because you'd just vanished away <laughs> um, to Cambodia in, yeah. in Africa. Um, for a week or so. Yeah, sitting on a yoga mat, doing meditation, yeah. being very zen. <laughs> that must have been a fantastic experience, not just having a nice break on a yoga mat, but but um, understanding how it is um, to be um, in a country which I guess has a lot less infrastructure around mm. the internet than we do here in Sweden. Mm. Exactly. So I was on, uh, in the countryside, so we had no kind of... no. Wi-Fi, no, 3G, nothing like that. And it was completely amazing to see how the brain uh, changed. Mm. And also the kind of stress level I got when I got back to Bangkok. And I completely freaked out when I started getting notifications. <laughs> it how, was how your brain changed? Yes. You need to expand on that. Well, I, I was there for, I think it was one and a half and two weeks. Mm. And in that short amount of time, to have no kind of notifications coming into your mobile or anything like that, it just made everything slow down. It was so oh. quiet in my uh, mind. I had no like constant chatter, no um, nothing that just draw my attention to something c- c- completely all the time, which is what we're living in. And um, it was so interesting to experience that kind of calm mm. and then go back to our society where it's always, always something that's drawing in your your bandwidth. Didn't you, find, didn't you think that that... A little bit of you had gone missing. That's a really good point. That's so interesting. Okay, so I'm extremely uh, ener- energetic and really enthusiastic. And you're right. A part of me that has to do with that, that really gets um, super psyched about stuff. It comes a notification about something from Omni or News or something like that. and go crazy about it. That disappeared. And I was very calm and very, um, well, just relaxed. So you're right. Mm. It does take away a bit of your personality. 
Yeah, or, or, yeah, or perceived personality of how we've, we adapted ourselves now to the, uh, the state of the world that it is. Well, brings the ability for you to reflect on your personality. Mm. Mm. I, I mean, you were there t- two weeks, but mm. could you have been there for five months? Yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. And also what the mobiles are doing to us. It's an amazing tool. It's mm. something completely wonderful to always be able to get mm. information and stuff like that. Mm. But of course, we need to think about the amount of uh, um, attention that we give to them. Yeah. When you when you were down in Cambodia, did you did you have a chance to experience um how it was to I mean like you've said that you didn't have any coverage in the, the place you actually were, but did you have a chance anywhere to experience what is it like or talk to people that that live there about what is it like mm. to use the internet from an African country? Mm. I actually didn't. Um but one of the people there was married to a Cambodian woman and they had no internet in their home. Mm. Uh, his children had never experienced internet mm. uh, at all and they were now about teenagers. And um I could definitely see the change and he was also he was American and he was also talking about how um mobiles had started to come to the village mm. and people were starting to do selfies and stuff like that. Huh. And the um the grown-ups, the elderly they were so furiated by this. So it's really interesting <laughs> for him to be able to see what we saw maybe uh, 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, yeah. So that's like history repeating itself, which is really interesting because you you would have hoped that we would have learned so much uh, in our experience that we could be able to, to teach them. Mm. How could you do it differently? How mm. could you avoid the conflicts that mm. we had? But they're getting kind of thrown straight into mm. the whole deep end of the of the lake, mm-hmm. um, right into the whole selfie society. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is this is something that we we when I'm saying we, I mean the, the countries where um, you're in the, the the top end of the of the scale for internet connectivity and, mm. and speed and so on. That we have a hard time getting our heads around the fact that. The, the world isn't mm. one place exactly I, I, when it comes to these things it's 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 a lot of different uh, environments and situations where um it doesn't work to browse a website mm. really really fast um in all places no exactly. it doesn't work at all in a lot of places exactly we take it for granted maybe that's something that especially the nordic companies needs to understand um a lot of the companies are based in our capitals so okay mm. if you want to sell to stockholm Absolutely, your site might be super good and super fast, but you need to understand what it's like to use the site in Spain or Italy or Germany. Um, or even Norland. The, the or even Norland, exactly. It's not even uh, about Sweden. Mm. Exactly. We don't have 4G and coverage, I don't think, over every square meter of no, this massive No, land. definitely, definitely. And also when you're seeing 4G on your uh, mobile, it doesn't mean that you have the 4G speed. It could be 3G speed, so it might be super slow still. But we don't even understand that. And Nordic companies and um, web agencies and, and uh, the ones who are creating the sites, they don't realize this. And I do believe that if we would look at the revenue lost, loss that uh, Nordic companies are suffering because we don't understand this uh, problematic thing with speed and bad networks, people would just shift their um, attention immediately. Do you actually think they, they, they really don't understand it? No. It's not the matter they're just ignoring it. No, they don't know about it. Did you think, I mean, the amount of times we've been, um, you know, going on about 
at least sp speed of sight. You think by now maybe they'd start to understand that it's important, or even personal experience. I mean, <gasps> you you know the frustration. What is it now? It's um, isn't it after one second of loading time, people start to give up? Yeah. But it starts. People exactly. start to drop off. Exactly. So we're seeing that if you're supposed to measure on 4G, you need a load time by um, that's about two seconds. That's it. Mm. You can't be, mm. can't be more than that. And if you're measuring on 3G fast, then it's five seconds. Um, so I would really encourage the companies to start tracking their speed and make sure they optimize their code. Like give developers some kind of room when it comes to choosing the marketing campaign mm. or uh, listen to them because you're actually selling on digital platforms. You need to talk to the people who are really experienced mm. with building digital platforms. Um, so it's, it's super interesting to see that shift. Mm. It's interesting because we just had a week of hol school holiday in Sweden and you hear all these directors and web owners, they're going skiing and they're complaining <laughs> about, oh my God, <laughs> the connection is so bad up there and I'm so glad to be back in Stockholm. Yeah. But they don't reflect on, th there are people living up there. Exactly. They are always in that constant exactly. <laughs> state of having a poor yeah. connection. And yeah. having all those Stockholmers up there probably doesn't help um, the sharing of the, uh, the <laughs> bandwidth. <laughs> Very true. I mean, well. I know that uh, we, at, our, at our place, um, summer place in the archipelago here in um, in Stockholm, that the um, uh, uh, midsummer when everyone is out there, mm. for 3G and 4G, it just it doesn't work. Of course, mm. because you, you you've got your infrastructure that is that has kind of pipes this big, yeah. and when you put all those people into one place, they're mm. still sharing that that pipe that big, yeah. even though there's coverage. Yeah, and it reminds me of how it used to be like the early days of the 2G networks and yeah. 3G networks mm. that you know, the the infrastructure at the other side doesn't cope with no. that kind of you know number of people. So. I think it's so it's so fascinating because because this is something that's so easily fixed. We do these speed hackathons uh, where we work with the engineers and we working hands on with the code. And so many of these companies are reducing their load time by like seventy three percent in four hours. It's just about mm. fixing the code. Yeah. Um. So why don't companies do it? Like why do we still not just fix it and? might actually put up some kind of fight with Amazon, who's really good at this and kind of mm. almost started the whole um, speed optimization. I mean, I have, I've thought about this a lot over the years as well. Um, and and w I think one of the main reasons is the, 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 sen the way that we, we centrally um, plan and build, um, especially websites. Mm. Um, <gasps> True. You know, I've worked m m many international projects with Swedish international companies where here's the HQ and then they've got mm. you know, dozens of countries where they have sites. And you look at the, 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 the data and you'll see that amongst the markets they're active in, mm. that the, the speed will vary from, you know, it'd be double as slow mm. in one of the countries compared to Sweden. Mm. And then in Sweden it will vary depending on... Absolutely. Uh, depending on which segment you, you're working with, whether it's um, you know, enterprise customers, B2B or mm. whether it's B2C. Mm. Um, and and that that understanding because because of where you are and where you're developing, mm. then you're so uh, dis distanced from yeah. the reality. I mean, going back to the example of Cambodia, mm. you know, it's, it doesn't have to be Cambodia. Mm. It could just be, you know, I don't know, um, Poland yeah. compared to Sweden, yeah. Yeah. Um, which you know, on the surface you may not think that they no. need culturally a big design difference. No, but there is a difference. Well, the big question is, I mean, how do we fix this? What's needed? Uh, and I know you've given this a lot of thought because Google has done this study mm. and you're thinking about how can UX help 
in fixing all this. Mm. Um, well, if we go back a bit, bit, I do believe that there's never been a bigger need for UXers or CROers than right now. Um, Our listeners will be happy to hear that. I, <laughs> I know. That's why I wanted to talk to you. Um, no, but really, this is something that um, we're talking a lot about within the different areas uh, of Google. That okay, so businesses need to start listening to UXers and their developers because we are facing some kind of risk here. Um, a lot of the big companies became big maybe five years ago or ten years ago. And that's when desktop was big. Desktop was the primary device. And the problem now is that they're not optimizing their site for mobile. And if we look at time spent on on uh, site, I mean, mobile is completely dominating. A lot of the clients are having maybe 70% of their traffic come from mobile or 80%. Yeah. Mm. And the site is built for desktop. And it just amazes me that... Well, first of all, I do understand the complication that they think the, the site is good. They think it's responsive, so of course it mm. must work. And it looks good, so everything must be fine, right? But it's only when they bring in UXers or conversion rate optimizers and they do usability tests or A-B testing and they start to see how much revenue they're losing by these small friction points on the mobile site. That's when like the whole heads go lasting and <laughs> they really understand how much they've lost during these years and I believe that we will see many of the giants the ones who came from traditional uh, physical stores especially mm. I do believe that we will see several of them disappear because they will die with desktop they don't understand the importance of mobile and they don't adjust to mobile and they don't listen to UXers and they don't see the problems and their revenue will lose will go down and I think that this is something that, um, let's not name any companies, but I do believe that we're seeing some of this going around right now. And it will just get worse because um, maybe we th started thinking about mobile first, but now it's getting to mo uh, mobile only. Mm, a lot of yeah. people don't have a desktop at home. Yeah. They might be working uh, with a desktop, but they don't shop while mm -hmm. they work. Hopefully, let's keep our fingers <laughs> crossed. <laughs> So when they go home and actually have the opportunity to shop, they only have mobile. Mm. And I think that before we used to think that, yeah, but people want to convert on desktop, but they might not even have the opportunity to do that, mm. especially if we're trying to sell to other markets. I know that's this definitely the case in uh, in the US, mm. for example, because we've, we've seen data that, that shows that um, in, in various... Um, Groups of society, anyway, that that this this zero mm. la laptops mm. is a whole yeah. sway of the society yeah. that at best have a mobile. Yeah, because mm. it's more expensive, to, of course, to buy a laptop. And yeah. why would you do it? You have to. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not going to have two devices. No, you're not going to exactly. have a mobile and a laptop. Exactly. If, um, exactly. So you go for the now. A mobile is essential. So you you have the mobile. And just exactly. anecdotally, thinking of myself, uh, I never thought I would do as much on the mobile as I am doing at home. No, right. Mm. But I'm sitting on the sofa. Why would I walk 20 meters to the computer exactly. and, and turn that on? Exactly. When I can sit in, still in my sofa. Exactly. <laughs> under my blanket and yeah. do it. It's kind of nice yeah. to just scroll around yeah. and <laughs> browse and, and see what you have. Uh, exactly. I completely mm -hmm. agree. So I do believe that okay, so the, the biggest and the most important investment for CEOs right now invest in conversion rate optimization or UXers and make sure the mobile site is extremely good. Because it, 
they're trying to they need to be able to compete with Alibaba who mm. got 93% of their transactions from mobile mm. single day uh, 2017 93% 93% <laughs> yeah so um they completely mm. focus on mobile and that's what mm. the uh, local companies need to do as well if mm. they want to put up any kind of fight mm. i think going back to you said about it being the a lot of the incumbents that are going to kind of disappear if they don't get their act together when it comes mm. to mobile. Maybe they should, um, at the same rate as they focus on mobile and increase it, they should also focus on reducing their, their retail footprint mm. with physical stores. Because mm. I think it's the, if, if you look at kind of how slow they are adapting to that aspect, mm. it, it feels like it's correlated. Yeah. Now, I'm not checking the data, but it feels like the mm. ones that still have the most number of physical stores yes. are also the ones that are, are struggling to exactly. understand mobile. Exactly. Mm. And they're so good at at creating a great experience in the stores. Mm. Okay, imagine um, if someone was standing in line to um, purchase some kind of sweater and you were saying, no, you know what? I'm going to wait, make you wait 15 seconds before I even talk to you. Mm. That's what you're doing with a really ba bad spe uh, speed experience. Mm. Um, nobody would do that. Uh, mm. it, it would be, I mean, we know how we react if someone is talking on the phone uh, when they're standing in the counter or something like that. That would never happen because it's really rude. That's why what you're doing if you don't optimize the speed. It's mm -hmm. a good example. So you mentioned speed now, but what are some of the other friction points? Wonderful. Yeah. Should we dive in? Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got my pen and paper ready. <laughs> Great. Okay, so I have so many thoughts about this, but let's try to sort them all out. Um, first of all, we're right now crunching numbers. Um, I mean, you all know that we have a lot of studies about how do we can create great mobile sites, but it's coming a new uh, study right now, the benchmark study from Google, where they, um, they audited 460 sites in EMEA. And they looked through, because this is Google, they're trying to translate experiences and uh, emotions and, and feelings to checklists, data. Mm -hmm. What's a pass? What's a fail? <laughs> mm. And it's really interestingly done. So I'm going to send you the checklist afterwards so you can see all the heuristics that um, they think are the basics mm. for an okay mobile site. This is not even about being like super great and, and fantastic. It's about having the basics. Mm. So they audited these 460 sites and now we're getting the data and um, it's quite interesting. What we see is, first of all, speed needs to be fixed. We've talked about that. Mm. It just needs to be on the priority list and start making that a KPI so that you really follow up on it. Then it's about findability. And this is something that I've been pushing qu for quite some time. Um, there's a study for, it was, it was done a couple of years ago, where they asked people what they think is the most important part when they're using a site on mobile. 66% say how easy it is to find what they're looking for. And 24% say how attractive the site looks. But when I talk to web agencies, they focus primarily on the aesthetics. Is it beautiful? And Sweden and the Nordics, they're so good at creating beautiful, wonderful sites that's really horrible when it comes to information architecture and clarity. The navigation and the site search. I mean, the site search is usually a horrible experience. Uh, so findability is the first thing, and then you need to like, sort it out. First of all, go for the search. Make sure you have autocomplete uh, spelling suggestion. Um, that you also have folded out search box and suggestions when there's no results. Folded out search box. Yeah, so that you see the search bar 
and not only a little small icon, because a lot of people don't know what that will mean. It also has to do with the people who go through search will converge much better because they find immediately what they're searching for and usually they have a m- higher internal motivation. Mm. So if they see immediately that they can search, they will use that and converge fa- faster. Mm. Otherwise, you increase the amount of taps. And more taps mean more time and people will drop off. So really fold it out and make sure that they see it immediately. Then there's the uh, navigation and you c- it comes down to like filtering, making sure that it's really good filtering. I was doing this usability test with a person who wanted to find day creams. And it was, the person was using the filtering. And the filtering was pretty good in its its setup. But the way that the person um, filtered the, the day creams in her mind was sensitive skin. And if you have, like, I guess it's called fat skin or something like that. Mm. <laughs> well, we don't really know. But the well. other part of the skin <laughs> combinations. Mm. And... The filtering was o- only about uh, price. It was size in there as well, which size. has nothing to do with... You mean, you mean quantity? So size of the, the, the fi- thing you buy, like no, 50 milliliters or 75? It was actually size when it comes to small, medium, large. So the filtering was completely off. It was a standardized filtering. It okay. had nothing to do because this was a web shop for uh, an e-commerce um, uh, um, company where they just had the same filtering going off to all different products. I've just got ah. the picture of like an extra large, uh, extra, extra large bucket of, <laughs> of, of moisturizer. <laughs> I want that one. You can just tap your whole... Just dunk your whole head straight in. <laughs> but sometimes you want the small one that you can carry on your hand head. luggage true, on the airport. True, yeah. So it could be a point <laughs> yeah. about having that in the mm. filtering. So the filtering had never been adjusted. It was just mm. put in there. And so that's the other part of making sure that the clarity is in place. And... In this benchmark study, we're also seeing that mobile design um, is getting higher uh, scores than findability. And this is definitely a problem within the Nordic sites. Mm -hmm. We're focusing more on making it beautiful, which the site actually, which the study actually shows by these simple heuristics than we do on fixing findability. Okay, so that's one part. Are everybody on board there? Yes. We yes. love our Scandinavian design. <laughs> we love our Scandinavian design. Exactly. The other part is what I call, and this is not from the study, but what I call the three anxiety peaks. First of all, am I choosing the right product? When we get to the site, we're focused on the product. Uh, can I find the sweater that I really want? Or the winter coat that's looking really, really nice and has the style that I want? Um, when it comes to that, you need to have great product comparison. Uh, you need to have uh, size guides and reviews. Reviews are super important. The other anxiety peak is, okay, so I found the product that I like, but is this the best pl- place to buy it from? And then, of course, you need to have a really good value proposition. And this is definitely something that I'm seeing within the Nordic companies, that we're really bad at bragging Um American sites are super good at it. Oh, but then with the culture in America, I suppose we're more predisposed to to receiving that kind of bragging. Exactly. I mean, as 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 the Brit amongst us here, that I mean, I I'm I'm not comfortable at all with the bragging. <laughs> so culturally, I would I mean, I'm be a bit more exactly wary of it. Exactly. Right. Mm. But it's so important to say why, what what kind of service you're giving. Mm-hmm. Okay, so best price, um, best assortment. Um, why are you there? And put it above the fold. Uh, so maybe it's not so much about bragging as it is about clarity. Exactly. Yeah. True. Mm. True. Like, what are you here for? Mm. Yeah. 
And you should also state the things that other people share with you. For instance, free delivery and uh, free returns are becoming something that people um, anticipate that they will get. Mm. If they're not getting it, they most likely won't buy from that uh, delivery, uh, that company. Uh, you a, f- a moment ago, you mentioned placing something above the fold. Mm. Have you seen in the data um, a, a lack of willingness to, to scroll with a finger? Yes. Compared to, because I mean, I mean uh, we, uh, the amount of time you've had arguments with designers, UXers, yeah. about how the fold doesn't exist anymore. And I go, mm. I go crazy about it. I say, yes, it does. There's always a fold. There's always low c- content lower down the page will be consumed less often than higher up the page. Mm. Um, but And then the, the counter with the mobile aspect. No, no, people just kind of scroll all the time now on mobile. No. Okay, so we're seeing that about one and a half screen is uh, the amount of, of uh, scroll that you get where you have about 80% and more of the attention span mm-hmm. from people. After that, it goes down. So when you say one and a half screens, I have to be clear. You mean that they actually scroll one and a half or did you scroll exactly. half screen? No, they, they scroll. So they see one screen and yeah. then they scroll a bit more yeah. and then about one and a half. Okay. So if they don't see anything interesting within one and a half screen, mm-hmm. they will bounce. Oh, yeah. So, so in fa- effectively, you're putting your finger at the bottom of the screen. You're exactly. pulling it up to the top. Exactly. Yeah. And whatever you can see just by dragging up a little exactly. bit yeah. is what you're willing yeah. to, to test. Yeah. Yeah. And if it doesn't encourage you to go move finger and do it again, exactly. you're not going to bother. Yeah. Ah. And it was interesting that um, Nielsen Norman did a study a few years ago uh, that said that 80% of the attention was given to the above the fold, not one and a half, but above mm. the fold. Yeah. I do without believe that that has changed a bit. We might give it one little mm. tap, <laughs> yeah. but that's it. Uh, we can absolutely <laughs> scroll more than that, but uh, then it needs to be really good engaged in content above the fold so that we feel yeah. that, okay, so this is good. Mm. I want to stick around here. Mm. And there's no study about this, but my opinion also is that if we look at the four behavior types, you know, Brian Eisenberg's wonderful, wonderful separation of four behavior types, the methodical person who likes to compare and read everything and really know that they're making the right decision, yeah, they will scroll. They will just go at it. But spontaneous people and uh, competitive people, they will not do it. They want really clear information really, really fast and want to be able to convert fast. I'm seeing some um, some studies coming in that's stating that people who, I mean, nowadays we're so much more stressed. Who was it that had done this study? Was it Natalie Nahai who was uh, talking about it? That the spontaneous and the competitive people are increasing. Mm-hmm. We don't know if that has to do with stress levels. We need to be able to taking so many more signals nowadays that we can't go deep into information in the same way or it's a generation gap i was thinking about that when you were saying that when you have to tap Mm. it takes longer Mm. Uh, on the mobile because the mobile device is that it is it's for multitasking Mm. i'm on a website i'm tapping Mm. i get a notification on telegram from james Mm. i tap that i go into telegram and i completely forget what i was doing Mm. on the other website yeah that's what happens all the time yeah it's my plan so you're competing (laughs) exactly you're competing with so many other things Mm. when you're on the phone true But that's where people are that's actually Mm. true So, yeah, so you're right. So when people are on desktop, they might be more willing to scroll because less things are coming in from all different directions. Uh, You don't have all the different um, social media notifications Mm. going at you. Not in the same way. Not in the same Mm. way. Less at least. 
Um, so yeah, you have to make sure that you really um, focus on that this is the right place that the person should buy from. So return policies and delivery dates and stuff like that needs to be mm. on the product page. And the last part, will the purchase be a hassle? And this is where I, I love this subject because it makes me crazy. Um, okay, so I have a really, <laughs> I'm extremely spontaneous when I shop. I do not want to go into any kind of detail. I just want stuff to be simple. And then I get to the checkout. And imagine my frustration. Uh, there's a study now that the average amount of taps on a screen when you do a checkout is 120. Oh. And I'm sorry, but people nowadays don't want to write um, long texts on on mobile uh, we don't want to fill out 10 or 20 fields of information that's why we use emojis so we don't have to type any kind of message <laughs> okay face good i'm done um <laughs> so the last part is also about simplifying the checkout and it can be with design elements it can be um you know being able to check out as a guest or having the right keyboard but also and this pair is where we need to discuss getting closer to a one-click purchase solution. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't need to be Ouch. one click. No, I no, no. know. Stop it now. Stop it now. <laughs> no, that's it. So um, thank you for listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> remember to keep moving. Okay. <laughs> let's, do, let's just go here. We, we need to discuss this. I agree with you. I think that your article has, has been so good. It's made me think about this in another <laughs> way than I did before. Uh, and I think you make a, such a good point. I... After reading your articles, I don't believe in one-click solutions anymore. I believe in three clicks. Maybe four. <laughs> <laughs> but, not, but not 120, But not 120. <laughs> we can't have 120 mm. clicks. Um, and when I, when I do the talks, uh, I actually do have, like, I show a gauge on screen. Like, there's an arrow showing no brain usage at all. That's the one-click system. Mm. And, of course, there is... If if you, the gauge moves to the far, far right, that's too complicated as mm. well. So in essence, I agree with you, but I'm sure. And I agree with you in essence. I'm certain. I'm certain we could. Uh, <laughs> Beautiful. We could have. <laughs> We're sweet. We want to have a compromise about everything. <laughs> we could probably have a s- separate episode about this specifically. I know, but it's it's so interesting that either we are forcing people mm. to type, or we give them the opportunity to tap. Right. Um, and mm. it could be, for instance, so we have, and this is not about Google products. I want mm. to be super clear about that. Go for mm. Apple Pay or Swish or mm. PayPal or Google Pay or the payment request API, whatever you want. Mm. But I do believe that if we're going to win on mobile, we do need to simplify the checkout. I, I think you make such a good point that we can't just make it one tap and then it's all done. But say if we have three or four taps, it's some kind of compromise. Mm. So it first falls out and asks, are you Lena Hanson? Yes. Do you want to purchase this? Yes. Uh, is you, this your delivery mm. address? Yes. Is this a card you want to use? Yes. Mm. Four taps. And if you don't understand that you're buying something after mm. those four taps, um, yeah, then, then this is a whole yeah, other uh, issue. No, <laughs> I think that mm. is a very, very crucial mm. point. That, mm. that from, from a human perspective, mm. yes, this, this getting to that point of, now I really have decided to buy this product. Mm. Mm. Yes, then I've got to be really clear um, that you've understood who I am. Yeah. Also very clear about where I want this to be delivered mm. to. Mm. And then also that I can easily pay for it. Yeah. Um, 
and, and they, they are they are the the absolute bare bones of of, yeah. of what makes me feel comfortable with a transaction. Yeah. Mm. And you take any w- take one part of that away, mm. I'm not going to feel comfortable with the purchase I've made. True. I mean, I've 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 one click or mm. I've two click bu- bought things at certain sites where mm. I've wondered afterwards where's that going? Yeah. Where's exactly. it going to deliver? True. Yeah. That's true. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's going to mm. you know here mm. here in Sweden, uh, in England, or yeah. you know it depends on where yeah. where the account is, how old the account is for yeah. me. I mean, I've had Amazon since ninety. No, oh, I don't. Know. It's in the. It says I've been at an account since the nineties. So, so exactly. it's a lot of address history <laughs> in, in Amazon for me. So it's it's a, it's unsure what's going to happen, and yeah. I don't like that. I think that the solution that makes us come together, our different opinions, mm. are clarity. It, it's about clarity. Mm, like, exactly. are we communicating super clearly? Mm. Then, yeah, you can go for three clicks. Yeah. Um, but it needs to be extremely clear. So, if people are using this badly. Mm it will be mm. MS. But if they're not using it, and mm. this is also, I think that there's, I do believe that it's a battle uh, within retail that's coming. The retailers who will not use tech to solve UX mm. problems will have, well, let's say, not very good sales. Mm. <laughs> they will have a lot of problems because they're, m- they're giving the heavy lifting to the customers. They're not doing the heavy lifting on their own. If they would just put in the little s- little bit of a code snippet mm. on the site, uh, they would solve that problem mm. for people. And people would go from 120 taps to three taps. But the ones who don't do it, they're giving the problem to the customers and the frustration and the friction to the customers. Um, so I believe that this is, if we want the same kind of conversion rate on mobile as we have on desktop, this is one of the biggest things we need to fix or as we used to have on desktop so <laughs> so so to summarize really then there is a huge huge business opportunity mm. here for companies to actually start out competing their competitors and the people who can help them with that are the uxers and conversion rate optimizers yes so we just need to get cracking exactly <laughs> and and really try to communicate your service uh, go out and say mm. say that you're actually focused on mobile and i also believe that there might be a few UXers who haven't really deep-dived into mobile. Do mm. it. Become really good on mobile design mm. and mobile conversions. They will be the people who really uh, are extremely in demand. Yeah. You mentioned a checklist of heuristics. Yes. Are we allowed to share that with yes, our you listeners? Are. You Fantastic. Will it. We'll post that in the show notes. And be- remember that that's the basics. Yes. If you don't have anything within that, it's a huge problem. Thank you so much for talking Thank to us you. today, Lina. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. I really loved how that interview went from Lena reflecting on how addicted we are to our phones based on her experience in Cambodia and going on to talk about how we can exploit that addictiveness to actually help have people convert on their mobile phones. Oh, I think I think you've been unfair. I don't think she was necessarily talking about exploiting <laughs> addictiveness. I mean, I, th- I think she was she was coming from the the user experience viewpoint and making a less frustrating experience on mobile. Hmm. That's what it was about. Yeah, less no, frustration. I agree. I agree. Not kind of exploiting addiction, but. I'm just giving her a hard time because she. <laughs> yeah, me but the, the <laughs> you know, there's so many little nuggets of, of of information and and insight there for us to work on. But one thing I reflecting on um, page size budgets. I mean, we talk about the two second um, or even one second um, rule as such, but you know, we need to set maybe as designers 
page speed budgets or page, not just page size budget but page speed budget and, and make sure we work with our developers to to see that pages are not getting too slow um, and, and testing them in things like page speed tool to, to regularly mm. see okay how how big an impact is my design having um, you know when you think about if you come up with the, the example would be a, a, a carousel um, if you decide to add that to your web page because you think it will um, in Increase conversions or um, increase satisfaction or whatever you know the, it will plus something if it then slows the page down by two seconds, then you might have a negative impact of that design, even though you know, the the loaded experience could be a plus the overall mm. impact of that design change is negative and will make the site worse exactly, and you may only do usability testing on really fast speeds mm. uh, and you don't notice. Uh, the negative effects. So there's always a cost to doing design. Yeah. You need to take that into account. And I think another reflection, whose responsibility is it? Um, with, with, I mean, some of the things that Linda's po pointed out, I think a lot of designers would say that it's not our responsibility, it's the dev's responsibility. You know, form labels, um, page speed, even accessibility, you know, rules mm. generally. Um, you know, we—I think a lot of times we can dismiss it as saying it's not our thing, despite the fact that we are the ones that are generally s saying that we fight for the experience, fight for the end user. I think you're absolutely right. That's a very sad thought, but you're absolutely right. But you know, I, th I think we can, uh, given, given the things like you know, well, page page speed is one thing that I think we can bring in board in house to designers more because there's so many, so many tools that can test it quite straightforward mm. but um, mm. um yeah the, the other slightly more technical things to check form labels i don't know maybe that is a little bit of a challenge but definitely something i think we should con you know, think about more um from a design point of view and mm. um maybe yeah. pairing it with developers is the way to go exactly and uh, but i really love the conclusion and what she's saying is that uxers are really really needed in this space so we need to get in there and do some good stuff Nice to feel needed. Thank you for joining us today. Links and notes from this episode, of course, can be found on uxpodcast.com. And please add us to your podcasting client of choice if you aren't already a subscriber. Yep. And um, please email us. Um, it's hey at uxpodcast.com with either a J or a Y. Remember to keep moving. See you on the other side. Knock, knock. Who's there? Your web... <laughs> <laughs> Who's there? Your web page loading on mobile. <laughs>